Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Today, I'll be talking to Christina Jenkins, Head of Strategy at Kashmir Agency. We'll be talking about the future of cultural relevance. All right, guys. So I've got a guest today that I'm really pumped to to be talking to. Her name is Christina Jenkins, and she is doing some amazing, amazing work when it comes to the, the, the idea and the concept of cultural relevance, new cultural relevance. So Christina, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I'm pumped too. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, you know, I've been ever since uh, ever since a friend of our, a friend of ours, Kimberly Bates, who was on the on the podcast uh, before she introduced us. She said, you guys need to talk about, you know, cultural relevance and everything, the work you're doing. So, Christina, maybe for folks that haven't come across you before, tell them a little bit about the work you're doing and why you you know, why this is something that you're passionate about. Sure. Um, Well, as you mentioned, I head up strategy at an agency in Los Angeles called Cashmere, and we are on a mission to help brands move their business forward by moving culture forward. Like we fiercely believe that those two ambitions don't need to be siloed. They can coexist. And by moving culture forward, we mean bringing, you know, bringing progress and solutions to culture. We mean making people feel heard and seen and understood, showing up as a brand in a way that helps people um, solve unmet needs and expectations, and then ultimately leaving the space that they are innovating and, and operating in and the world at large a better place than they found it. So um, that's some stuff that, that we're up to lately. And that's, I mean, that's wonderful. And what, I mean, this is the time for you guys. This is, this is definitely, you know, if, if there's any, any time that you guys were going to shine, it's now with absolutely everything that's going on, on so many levels. Um, so yeah, very excited that you guys are doing that. Um, you know, and, and tell folks a little bit more about your thoughts around the new cultural relevance. Like what are you seeing out there maybe with your clients, what are what are you know what are brands doing right? What are brands doing wrong? It's interesting. I, I really believe that this is the question of our time is what does it take to make our brand culturally relevant? It's something that I'm hearing again and again from our client partners. And it's a very difficult question because there's the ambition to be mm-hmm. culturally relevant, to be meaningful, to be paid attention to, to be loved ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then there are the behaviors and the actions required to show up in a way as a brand and an organization and the leadership feeling that organization in a way that ultimately helps your brand be culturally relevant. And what I think is really interesting about this time is we're, we're just in a place now in the world where brands, if they want culture to love them and they want people to find meaning in what they have to offer, They have to bring meaning and they have to show the love in exchange. And I think up to this point, for whatever reason, that was still a bit of a niche kind of emerging Mm -hmm. movement in our, in our industry. You know, there were, there are a lot of 
really great entrepreneurs and marketers and leaders and creators and strategists that believe that brands need to take on a bigger purpose mm -hmm. and need to be of service to culture. But then there are still a lot of organization and brands that were resisting that. And I think we've just been propelled into a time based on everything we're seeing with a, a global health you know, pandemic, a health crisis, um, an economic crisis, all of the social justice momentum, the belief systems and values of millennials and Zers that are inspiring all generations that, that people now expect, if you want us to love you brand, you've got to show us love too. Um, yeah. You've got to come in to my world, to my spaces, to my communities, to my shopping experiences and bring something of meaning and value to me and really know what it is that I need. Um, what's interesting to me is I think there's a bit of a playbook where we show, we show organizations all the great culturally relevant work that other brands are doing. And I understand it, it's inspiring because there's a lot of great work out there and we have good envy and we look at these organizations and brands and they're often the same brands that are consistently yeah. doing great culturally relevant work. And I've been um, kind of declaring a mantra that we have to stop doing that. We have to stop showing organizations the work of other organizations because they're not those organizations. Yeah. And we need to look within so I've declared that now is the time to look within as a brand, look at your unique organization. What are your unique superpowers from your leaders to your products, to your supply chain, to the parts yeah. of the world that you have a strong presence in, to your partners, to your marketing platforms? And what is it that you are uniquely positioned to do to show up in culture in a way that's going to create relevance and meaning. So that's that's my that's my mantra right now. You know, now is the time to look within. And I love that ma mantra because I also feel that when 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 we have those cases where we sh use those use cases, right, and show, oh, X company did X and they did it great. Um, the brand might say, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. But no, it's not about doing the same thing. It's about really, like you said, looking in inward and saying, how are we showing up? You know, what is our ethos? What is our mission really? Like, how are we culturally, you know, being part of culture? Um, and, you know, I it's really interesting for me personally because I am Latina, right? Um, so because I am Latina, people think that they need to show up, like not people, but brands, sometimes think that they need to show up with me only in, in Spanish or like there'll, there'll be things that assumptions made where I'm like, no, you're not showing up correctly. You know, I'm part of the bilingual culture. I'm part of you know, in, in my culture, it, you know, it's, it's different. And, it, and this is such a broad, I mean, I wish we had an hour. Well, definitely, definitely. I think it's, I think what you're doing is, is interesting. It's very much needed. And I mean, we're just at the beginning, you know, of, of, of the impact that this is going to have on, on us and how brands communicate with us. And, um, you know, I, because I work in the AR VR world and, and that's kind of where I've been for the past five years. I also think about the future, right? The future, when we move away from our cell phones into these glasses, right. Um, and, and content is put in front of us and in, in our, you know, in front of our eyeballs. And, and I think about that. I think about what are brands doing currently? How are they showing up? How are they going to show up in the future? 
right? When when content is, when the world is searchable and clickable and there's so many implications there. So what you're doing is so important for that future of brands being ethical and brands showing up correctly, cultural. So yeah, and it's and it's thinking about the future problems, mm -hmm. future expectations. And it's it's, you know, no one really knows what the future is going to be, right? And I think in this in this climate, in this time, the world changes every five minutes, right? You wake up, the world is one way, and then a couple of minutes later, it's another way. <laughs> Some things stay the same, but I think brands are just trying to get better at anticipating what people's needs and problems are, or when new problems and needs and expectations arrive, being able to quickly, very swiftly adapt. And that's that's hard for organizations. That's hard for big brands and big global companies. And you know, some some brands have been able to do it better because they were they were positioned, right? That was just part of their culture and the way they did things. And then you've seen, and we've seen more um, sort of traditional industries that have been quite resistant to adapting and change and addressing new new expectations and problems and and they are truly not sustaining you know during this time and and we're asking if if industries are going to make it on the other yeah. side of this right big brands that have been around for a very long time so yeah, thinking about the future is is very important. And as uncertain as it is, there's also a lot of opportunity to decide the future that we want based yeah. on everything that is happening. And part of looking within is looking at your, your superpowers, but it's also looking at what's broken and not working and getting in the way of you being your best brand and your most culturally relevant brand. And I think that's also a big shift we've seen is that people and consumers are demanding that organizations look within and look at their problems and fix them and address them. And you know, all of the statements and actions that were made around the BLM movement mm -hmm. um, people were really quick to say, okay, you donated money, you posted this on you know, a social channel, but let's look at your board or your suite leadership or your talent or how you showed up in these communities in the past. And again, it's not enough to just, just talk. And sometimes it's even not enough to act if your organization is not structured and built and there's, and there's things internally that still needs to be solved. And I, I, I just am very inspired by how, how consumers are owning that power and owning the channels that give them and, and the platforms that they have to assert their voice and their opinions um, in very sort of bold and, and powerful ways. So that, that's a shift that I'm also seeing. And I don't, I don't think that's gonna go away. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the bar, the standards are, ha have been raised for companies and, and um, you know, these problems are not gonna be fixed overnight, but they, they need to be thought about and, and new solutions and new ways at solving these problems, you know, need to be brought into these organizations. So that's also something that we're thinking a lot about in partnership with our brand clients. And when you're working with your brand clients, like what does that look like? Um, you know, what can you share? Like if let's say there's someone from a brand listening to the podcast, they're like, oh, that sounds really interesting. You know, they might want to work with you or something. What does that look like? 
So it always starts with what their problem is, like what's going on with their business, their business. It also intersects with what is your purpose? Why does your, why does this brand exist? What are your ambitions? What, what is it that you're trying to do? Why do you want to be culturally relevant? Mm -hmm. To who do you want to be culturally relevant? Do you truly understand, you know, this audience or this generation or this part of the world? Um, so it's interesting. It's like an intersection of, of a lot of very important questions. Um, who you, who are you as a brand? Again, like what does your superpower ecosystem really look like? How can it be unleashed in the, in the world? What's getting in your way? What's working well? Um, and then we just have a lot of ways at the way we think with brands. Um, I think what's really exciting about being a, a strategic leader right now is there is no playbook. I mean, yeah. there, there are skills that we have built as, as strategists, but this is just a time where it's about, okay, what, what is the problem? What is the objective? Who is this organization? What are they on a mission to do? And how do we need to design a way of thinking and working and making and partnering with them that's going to support them during that process? And that's also going to uphold the responsibility that we feel to culture as an agency like Casimir. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's an agency that was not founded by marketers. It was founded by culture creators that were in the public oh, wow. and, in the mar and the music space and fashion. And so we've always had a different perspective and a way at things. And, and you talked about sort of it truly being our time. And it is, we talk a lot about how we're the agency that, that brands in this industry have needed for, for decades and, and they're finally catching up. Um, but I think it's about being open to new ways of partnering and thinking and always remembering to anchor it in, in the problem. Like, what is it that we're trying to solve really? What are we trying to do really, right? Um, it's, it's really powerful. So we have all sorts of strategic frameworks that we have. Um, it's also an exciting time at the agency because historically, you know, our superpower at Cashmere is our, our cultural IQ. I mean, just unparalleled cultural understanding about what is going on in the world and in all these different cultural spaces. And now we are intersecting that with a data and analytics offering. Um, we call it dope data systems because there's so much data out there. There's so much, so many stories, so many things to know and understand about people. But if if you don't really have the the cultural lens or the or the genuine understanding, I, I mean, you were speaking about it, right? About being Latina and how you feel like brands make a lot of assumptions about you. So if if we don't have the understanding as brands and marketers to get to meaningful stories, then the data is meaningless. So when we're able to intersect that cultural understand understanding with the data, that's when it becomes dope. Um, and we have a whole product suite of tools that help us measure cultural relevance. We do a lot of social listening about what culture is talking about. Um, we, you know, have, we have a measurement tool about what is, is really being loved in culture, mm -hmm. what is truly relevant, what is dope. So it's, it's an exciting, yeah. Love that. And I wish, you know, I, I kind of going back to like when I was in college, right. Um, and even business school, like, um, I wish that, I wish that we would have more classes around cultural relevance or like, how does a brand, you know, of course you're going to have all the regular classes, right. But 
around cultural relevance, really. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, when I first got in the business, brands, it, it's kind of all come full circle, but brands were very insular, right? They just kind of paid attention to themselves and to their category, right? So if you were a yeah. car brand, I, I originally started working on automotive brands. That's all you really paid attention to. What were other car brands doing? And I got into the business at a time when I, I think things were, were shifting and that wasn't enough anymore to, to, to really move your business or to truly understand a future generation of you know, car owners that had very different ideas about what luxury meant or what they wanted out of a vehicle or what they wanted out of a, a shopping experience. And so I felt like there were a lot of people that were experts about the category. And I decided that I wanted to be an expert at culture and pulling in inspiration and thinking from unrelated spaces that actually did have a lot to do with that brand's problems. So at the time, I was working on a luxury car brand that wasn't really being taken very seriously as a luxury brand. And there was something called streetwear <laughs> that arrived <laughs> in premium denim. And suddenly people were paying $100 plus for yep. t-shirts and jeans. And that wasn't happening before, right? And a new generation was champion, championing that. And I thought, well, they're doing something right in streetwear. Let's take those behavioral principles and insights and move them over into automotive. And, and how can this inspire what we're trying to do? And nobody was quite doing that at the time. And I found that it, it made my thinking much more bold and brave and, and provocative. So I just kept, kept at that style. And it, it was called cultural strategy. Right, it was helping brands look outside to the world for inspiration and insight versus just you know just staying kind of in the trenches of their category. Um, and and culture now is just so even more beautifully complex and yeah. just changes and you know moves so quickly. And there's you know there's not just these like big you know subcultures. There's all these like micro you know mm -hmm. cultures and. And people move in and out of time, just, I mean. so fluidly, yeah. And beautifully uh, complex. I think that you captured it perfectly. It's beautifully complex. And what you're saying, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's from a former CEO of Apple uh, called John Scully. And he said, the future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. And yeah. I think that it's exactly that, paying attention to all the signals and all the trends and all these things that are happening how does that translate into that cultural relevance into how you show up as a brand? And Oh my gosh. I mean, this has been such a fantastic conversation. Um, you know, we're getting towards the end of, of our, of our podcast here, but what is something, I mean, you have such an interesting view where you sit. Um, what is something you're seeing currently that you're excited about, you know, take us into maybe something future related. Like what is something you're truly stoked about when it comes to the future and it doesn't have to be tech it could be anything you know i just kind of always want to you know talk about where we're going and what we're seeing so in addition to being a strategist i am super passionate about wellness and fitness awesome. and it has been fascinating to me the last couple months the the whole infrastructure of the fitness world has collapsed because we can't go into studios. And that has been very, very difficult 
Um, but I feel like we're getting to a point where we're starting to see some really powerful innovation. You know, it was even hard for me to adapt to, to in-home fitness. Yeah. But I appreciated the experimentation that brands were doing. Um, and I feel like we've just scratched the surface. So to, to see, you know, the fact that you can't, you can't find, you know, at home fitness products, they're all sold out. They're all sold out, <laughs> yeah. See what some of the big fitness brands are doing just in terms of, um, you know, the way they're using their apps and content and virtual training, but then the role now as different markers, markets have started to open up or that there is, you know, an ability to do outdoor fitness to sort of see the relationship between kind of the outdoor experience and the at home. Um, just seeing how the fitness community kind of gathered, you know, around a lot of the channels that these brands have created for us to stay in touch with each other and stay inspired and motivated and um, ask questions and, and resources and accessing content about nutrition. So I'm just really excited about what fitness is going to be. You know, there was a period of having to let go of what it was and, and wishing it was sort of just that way, right? That's, that's part of grief. But then once you start to move through that, recognizing to your point, right, the possibilities yeah. now. And um, again, like all the data we have about ourselves and our health and our behaviors that I feel like we're not truly using. So what brand can kind of come in and help us, you know, tell dope stories to ourselves about our fitness wellness um, process. And then when I also just think about how mental health has been challenged during this time and where we're at as a nation and a world, I just think there's so much possibility to unlock around wellness and fitness. And it's not going to be an easy journey and the industry is, is going to have to adapt, but I'm just really excited about, about the possibilities in that space and the brands that are leading the charge yeah. in that space to figure it out. Innovation, immense innovation for, for the good, you know, for yeah. the of society. Um, but, you know, now that we're, you know, this is kind of towards the end of the, of the podcast, but if folks listen to this and they're like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to connect with Christina. I want to chat with her. Like, where can they find you? What's the best place to reach out? Like, do they find you on LinkedIn or Twitter? Like, or, you know, where do they go to find you? Yeah, you can you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, it's Christina Jenkins. <laughs> I should probably have my LinkedIn handle memorized, but I think if you you know search me, you'll find me. Um, and then I'll just throw my email out there. You know, Christina Jenkins, and it's Christina with a K R mm -hmm. at Cashmere uh, CashmereAgency.com. <laughs> I can always I can always link to your LinkedIn from from the from the uh, from the like the podcast description and folks yeah. can find you. But this was oh my gosh! I mean, such a fantastic conversation. So much to think about. Thank you for being in future on future. Yeah. Really, you, I appreciate for your, your thoughtful questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Future Insiders podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you in our next episode.